Jonah. It's me. I'm you here. Back again for another edition of My Tie Happy it's Hour. It's so awesome. And I am fucking miserable today. You are. You're not even wearing My a microphone. Shirt. Even on. I should pull it back. Shut up. I'm I haven't even saying. showered in two days. I don't I know what tell. shaving is. Wow. I mean, 116th episode. I guess the guess the romance is I'd gone. Shut up. You didn't even do your I hair. I can't even. I can't even with you. It's been a long freaking week. Oh, sorry. Buddy. I'm so not in the mood to do anything. I had to be. Mr. Mom today. Yeah. I did not do well. It, well, it happens. You hung out with your adorable child. He ate, like, I, I fed him by accident. I fed him about 15 peanut Reese's peanut butter cups. And I don't know if I was supposed to do that. Maybe not. But he kept asking for them, and I didn't know what to do, so I kept just feeding them to him. I mean, how, I, you, how I, do you tell someone that cute I now? don't know. My, my mom is in the hospital. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that, buddy. She's sick. She had, like, bad clams. Your mom made a bad clam? My mom had bad clams. A clab chowder or something, and it just went south. Never, chowder is never a good idea. So I think she has food poisoning. They're oh, trying to no. figure out what it is. She's been there for two days. Aw. So Get as well our, soon. As our caregivers, we've just realized that, like, oh, shit, we don't have a plan B. So yesterday, Allison stayed home. I stayed home today. I had to go to Chicago. I think we have to, like, oh, the song is recycling now. Cause I think it's that, okay. I never heard the breakdown before this Nor song. have I. We always usually can it by this point. But you, you have an area of grievances, and, and I think that's good. I think so, it's good. Get it off your chest. So, so they went. Mom finally went to the hospital. She uh, was horrible um, poops and vomit. Both George, with the 360s, I don't think your mom wants to know that. I don't know. It's, I think it's well known. I'm not saying. Oh, I'm not going to detail. I thought, that's already too much detail. And uh, I guess she was um, dehydrated. Yeah, well, which happens you know. when you do the you know the three sixties. That'll do it. And uh, it turns out she has like a twisted intestine or something. All no. kinds of bad stuff is happening. Oh, buddy, bad biscuits. So I got to fly out to Chicago tomorrow morning, Ugh. which is horrible. Yeah. And uh, and I'm just you know maybe I'll have a my tie to make myself feel better. You should. You should go so to three dots home. and a dash. Take the edge off. Yeah, working from home with a toddler is about as much fun as like taking a cinder block to the face. It doesn't sound very productive. No, it's well, it, I, so it was when he passed out. Yeah. After the fifteenth Reese's Pizza peanut butter cup. So he wasn't like sugar high at that point. No, he shit crazy stuff though. <laughs> it was violent diarrhea. I'm sure he did. Hambo, what do we have to show on the show today before we run out of out of out of song? So today on the show we are back on the punk rock cannon. This month, we are doing the 25th anniversary of The Queers, Beat Off. We're also going to talk about She-Ra Season 2, back now on Netflix. We're going to talk about the newly released The Holy Grail, The Lost Tom McGee Match on the WWE Network. And we have some airing of grievances to do about the latest episode of Game of Thrones. You have grievances? I thought it was one of the best episodes ever. Get ready to be dragged. I thought this was going to be a short episode. Damn you, Hambone. Airing of grievances. You know what I can use right now? What's that? A cocktail. So I actually have a very thematic cocktail. It is called a black julep. And I decided to go with the black julep. That sounds so racist. No, George. That sounds so racist. It's the actual name of the cocktail. There's that coffee in pretty. it. This better be good and there better not be mesh and George. Fried chicken. If this gets racist, this is all on you. What? George. That I'm just saying. You are This George. better not be racist. It's not. I went with the black julep after seeing all the charred bodies on episode five of Game of Thrones last night. And that's why I went with this cocktail, because it's a little bit bitter, as am I, about episode five. So the black julep, it's another form of the julep. It is made with Sinar 70, which is an Italian aperitif, and it's going to be a part of this cocktail. It's 1.25 ounces of the Italian aperitif Sinar 70. Three quarters of an ounce of Jägermeister. Hey, guys, we're back on the black Jägermeister. This doesn't end well for anybody, so just... Enjoy it. We have three quarters of an ounce of peach schnapps. 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 Three quarters of an ounce of cold brew coffee. 
and three drops of saline solution. The saline solution is that typical saline solution that you find at the CVS or the Walgreens, whichever you have close, Dwayne Reed if you're in New York. But what this does is it has that salty consistency, which takes away some of the bitterness of the cocktail. So you're going to throw this in a cocktail mixer with some ice. You're going to shake it and drop it into an old-fashioned glass, a double old-fashioned glass, unstrained. It's the black julep. It is probably going to be a little uh, more aggressive than you were waiting for. But you're gonna enjoy it nonetheless. May's Julep Month, everybody. Enjoy. Is it sweet at all? It's a little bit sweet. Yeah, it's the it's, the peach schnapps. What does Jägermeister actually taste like? It's, what do it's you? It's deer's blood. Everyone knows that. What is it? It's deer blood. No, I don't know. It's, it tastes like cough medicine. Back in the day, there was an old rumor that it was actually deer's blood. I've alcohol. never had it before. Is it like a whiskey? You've never had Jägermeister never. before. Uh, no. you've, then you've never blacked out as bad as I have. Uh, Jägermeister is. It tastes like cough syrup. It has a consistency of cough syrup, and you cannot drink Jägermeister warm. Jägermeister is the type of alcohol that you absolutely have to drink like f almost frozen in fact jägermeister back in the day used to put dispensers in bars to serve the perfectly chilled jägermeister shot jägermeister is a bad idea in a bottle but yet i put it in this cocktail because funsies so today we're gonna talk about the queers <laughs> we are i don't know why i put this on the docket but i figured we needed to have a more modern band even though they were formed in 1981 yeah and i found that after researching them for five seconds yeah and they've been around for a very long time. They have been around for a very long time. The Queers, uh, you know, went for a shocking name. They did go for a shocking name, especially in the 80s. Don't think anyone in the band's queer. No. Or gay or homosexual or not, whatever it, not slur word I'm trying to use here. You're really struggling tonight. Hey, you're the one with the black julep. <laughs> julep, J-U-L-E-P. It's a take on the Kentucky Derby Classic. Anyway, the Queers, formed by Joe Queer and Wimpy and a bunch of other dudes. Joe Queer is actually not the original sing singer. No, he's not. There was a, who was it? Was the lead singer Wimpy? What the, who the hell was the lead singer originally? Well, the only singer that really counts in the Queers is Joe Queer. So. That's not true. There was My favorite Queers song is actually with the original singer. So they had a thing like Black Flag did where they had like other album, like one other album of compilation of stuff sung yeah. by the other singer, who I do feel like it is Wimpy. Is Wimpy the right word? Might be Wimpy. So I think we should call up Sal Lucci. You think Sal Lucci's going to pick up? I haven't talked to Sal Lucci in about, I don't know, ages. There's a very good chance he won't pick up, but do I give a shit today? No, not at all. So wow. let's try this and see how it goes. This uh, may be another airing of grievances. We, we will wear, wish him happy birthday so he yes. feels like it's important, and then we'll like tell him that he's on the air. He might answer. I don't know where the hell he lives nowadays. Indiana. No, I think it's in Austin. Oh, you're right. He did move. He might be. There's a very good chance this isn't his phone number anymore. Hi, he reached Salucci. Ah, Salucci is actually not answering his phone, which makes sense considering I've spoken to him in years. Please record your voice I'll message. leave a voicemail. When you are finished recording, <laughs> you may hang up or press pound for more I have a plan options. B. Hey, Salucci, it is George and Hambone. We are talking oh, about hi. the queers, and we need an expert on the queers because we know nothing about the queers. Please return his call within the next 45 minutes. This message will self-destruct. So the queers, uh, you. when did you discover the queers? I discovered the queers in the early 90s when I discovered literally every other lookout band that came through town. The queers, the parasites, the smugglers, everyone and their mother, the Mr. T experience, everyone was coming through at the same time, and they all pretty much sounded exactly the same. Exactly the same. Those, exactly Did the you same. say Screeching Weasel? I did not say Screeching yeah, Weasel. Yeah, they sounded like them too. Yeah. They all sounded exactly the same. In fact, it's funny that you mentioned that because Got Beat Up, the album we're going to talk about tonight, actually has a song on it called Ben Weasel, which is interesting because I actually liked 
the queers better when it was just called Screeching Weasel because the queers suck. I don't like Screeching Weasel. Really? I think I like more songs by the queers than Screeching Weasel. We're going to try one more person. I don't care if it's bad radio, Hambone. That's fine. You're going to suck it up and you're going to come up with a better conversation while we're waiting for someone to not answer the phone. Well, George, I will tell you, whoever's going to answer that phone or not answer the phone is going to be kind of shocked when they're put on the spot to talk about the queers of all bands. Do you realize that when they call back... Um, we're probably not, gonna talk about Shira, but that's what they will be forced to talk about. We we'll have to talk about it, yeah, because that's how we do this show. Yeah. We are the real deal. We Holy are the field. real deal. We do it in real time. Do you know where the name Handbone came from? We've told this story like fourteen times already on this show. I've made up variations. of I'm it. I'm sure you have. I've tried so hard to come up with like alternative <laughs> realities. Please leave your message for six four six. Oh, Salucci's dialing four, in. Eight, do it. So let's, let's. Hey, Salucci, it is George and Handbone. How are you? <laughs> Hello, George and Hambone. <laughs> How are you doing? You, we are on the air on My Tai Happy Hour, our weekly TV <laughs> show uh, slash uh, radio oh, nice. show. We uh, are doing the queers in the punk rock canon. Punk rock canon is our monthly segment where we pick one punk rock album, determine whether it's the greatest punk rock album of all time. And this year, we sure. this week we picked the queers and realized very quickly that we don't give a shit about the queers and can't nope. even name an album <laughs> to put in the punk rock canon. So I started scratching my head. Who could possibly know about the queers? And Salucci, <laughs> you were the one we picked. So we've called you up. How are you doing? Happy birthday, sir. Happy birthday. <laughs> Oh, thank you, thank you. My birthday's not till July, but I'll, I'll take the early birthday wishes, and it's good, good to hear from you. You didn't know his birthday right? We are close enough. So, Sal, can you tell us a little bit about the queers and why they are important to the world of punk rock? Okay. Well, um, I'm going to start off with a qualifier. With these days, I think Joe Queer has kind of uh, uh, moved a little bit right, so I don't really you know, follow him anymore. And it's, he's kind of ruining some of his some of his older music for me, kind of like crazy ass Ben Weasel. But hey, I don't want to malign all these people. But I don't know, the, the, the Queers were, were good and catchy uh, pop punk band, but not like too poppy. They were kind of combined the Ramones and the Angry Samoans, two bands I I love both. Uh, they they were silly, they were irreverent, they wrote catchy songs. Uh, sometimes they use bad words, words that I don't use anymore. Uh, so uh, <laughs> I, I, it, it's hard for me to talk about some of that stuff because I try to get, you know better myself. But I'll always have a place in my heart for them. I think it's the band I've seen the most out of any bands. And off the top of my head, I'd say I would have seen them live 16 times. And wow. why I remember that, I don't know. <laughs> so you are definitely a quintessential queers expert, Sal. Sal, did you find <laughs> Jesus? Is there a reason why you don't swear anymore? It's okay if you did. No, no, no. Uh, no, they have a song called Love Songs for the Retarded, and I try not to use the retarded word because it's a bad word. Yeah, and, they, they use know, the yeah, like I, I don't, you know, since I'm working with developmentally disabled people in my adult career, I've I realized I don't like to say that word anymore because it's it's mean, it's bad. So, but if I can call it just love songs, that's a really good album. So I if, really enjoy that. If you could pick one song, what album to put in the punk rock canon from the Queers, which one would it be and why, Sal? Um, probably love songs. It was uh, it's the first one I heard of theirs. It's I think top to bottom like their their most solid album. Uh, it, it has the most perfect combination of the Ramones and the Angry Songs, like I said before, and, and the Beach Boys. There's lots of Beach Boys esque harmonies in there, so I think that was really the top. Um, you know, after that they did some stuff that was. You know, not fully comparable. Songs I liked, but not a whole album such as that. 
So I will say this. Love Songs, Love Songs. Love Songs. Was the first Queers album I ever bought. I believe I still have it. I got it from Let It Rock. Of course. Back in the day. It mm-hmm. has the greatest one-two punch of your tripping, and Ursula finally has tits. Uh, the, the greatest one-two punch ever. Possibly only as good as Weston's... Um, First two songs of their first album, which I'm blanking on right now. Just like Kurt. Just like Kurt and, and the other song. And to uh, Faffy. No, 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 no. There's, no. It's a different song. Oh. Help me. Come on. You... I have that, it's I have that record, too. Let me, I'm going to go. Uh, of all the time, I'm going to look at my record collection at that Weston album just to see that because now I'm, I'm wondering, too. Yeah, but I, yeah, I still cool. have Faffy that Weston album, and I didn't send it. Okay, so Love Song the, the Love Songs is the second studio album by uh, the Queers, released in 1993 on Lookout Records. Lookout Records, notorious mm-hmm. for being home to all these bands that we mentioned before. That was basically what yes. defined their sound. You know, like Little Mile, ep- like ep- Little Mile. Yeah, those. Come on, that's a great one-two punch it's for Weston. Yeah. Little Mile. Yeah, there it is. Uh, but the you know the in the Queers case, uh, this was an album created many moons after they they were formed in '81. I think it's nuts what they were doing for that many years. I have no idea. Probably just drinking a lot, smoking a lot of weed. I think they 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 broke up in the meet. Like I think they started very early on. They broke up for a while as Joe Queer owned like a diner or restaurant, and I believe he battled some substance abuse. Uh, and but then got back, you know, the the band back together, so to speak. I think he continued to you experience some substance abuse. So subsequent, whether he continues to be clean and sober to this day, I don't know. Yeah, so I, you know, I'm gonna give it. To, so let's switch to gears. Let's do this album because this album actually does Perfect. has fuck the world. It has I hate everything. It has uh, feeling oh my groovy. God, those two songs together. Oh my god. Yeah. Noodle brain. Night of the living livid queers. Granola head. My favorite monster zero. Yeah. Uh, they, they, this is a really good album. I think Sal, you're correct. I think this is definitely re- more Ramones based than Beach Boys. I think the album that mm-hmm. we're talking about before that came out in the late mid mid ninety four. That one uh, was more of their uh, where they were trying a little too hard to be the Beach Boys. Yeah, beat off. See, there's uh, there's beat yeah. off right after love songs, and then there's the I'm looking through my collection. There's the Rocket to Russia cover album. There's a live album. <laughs> then we've got Queers Move Back Home, which I really like, but the production is shitty on there. Oh, so, it's a garbage uh, sounding. It's album. not as good, but I think it's a pretty good album now. So I, I will say this is my favorite Queers album. If I have to put it down, this is my favorite Queers album. Yeah. How, I, my favorite Queers song, however, is Kicked Out of the We Belows with their original singer. That's the song <laughs> yeah, I was saying. The original singer, yeah. That is an amazing song. What always holds to me is because it's one of the albums that I bonded with with uh, some of our mutual friends when I was away at college, and that's when I met you, George. Uh, you know, all those guys, and some of them I talk to, some of them I don't talk to, you know, for better or worse. I uh, love them all, miss them all when I don't see them. But yeah, it was one of our albums that we bonded on. So they, you know, I have lots of fond memories of for, for love songs. <laughs> so we usually talk about influence here. Do you feel that this album was influential to future music? Um, there were a lot of terrible pop punk offshoots that tried to sound like the Queers and Screeching Weasel, and I can't think of them off the top of my head, but I remember just a lot of bands that tried to do them and not the Ramones. They didn't take it back to the source, and, and you know, they were too sappy or did, I don't know how to describe it, but I just remember a state of bands in the mid to late 90s that, that tried to be like the Queers or Screeching Weasel and just couldn't do it. Yeah, and look how pretty much signed all of them. Every single or fat, one. Or fat <laughs> records. I um I, I agree with you. I saw I saw the queers most recently. I saw them. Uh, they did a string of tours, literally years of tours with the dwarves, where Joe Queer 
and Black Dahlia were pretty much the only two li- like members of their band still playing consistently. Yeah, and so they were huh. touring with the um, with the John Cougar concentration camp as their backing band. Really, for both bands. <laughs> I remember that band. I think I still have some of their records. <laughs> I saw them twice. I saw them in in New Orleans at uh, at uh, I'm blanking the name of the club. Uh, New Orleans. We went on a whim. They were playing that night, and that night it was uh, the the queers were headlining, and it was a late show, so we split after the dwarves. But then we saw it again in New York, where they did flip the script a little bit and did uh, the the dwarves uh, before the no the queers were yeah the queers before the dwarves. It was uh, definitely nice to see them with a real band of professional musicians before him. I didn't right. know the John Cougar concentration camp were like the sessions band for like any punk band that needs to tour. Oh yeah, and they were <laughs> one of the best versions of the dwarves I've ever seen. I think the John oh, Cougar really? concentration yes. camp was like the house band for Lookout Records. Like they you, might have been. You need someone to tag in and actually be I, able to play their instruments. Tag in the concentration camp. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, their own records didn't do so well, but as backing bands, yeah, they seem to to have more success as a as a, some backing bands. Yeah, and, and Joe Queer <laughs> was largely doing his more rock and roll stuff. It was a very good show. Yeah. I enjoyed it. The time before that was many moons ago. Before Sal left at uh, Maxwell's was the last time I think I saw the Queers, and that one was. And, we're, yeah. we're going to try to be a little too um, too surfy. So I, I, I'm 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 hit or miss with the queers. I have also seen them many many times. Yeah. Uh, though I don't think I've ever photographed yeah. them before. I couldn't find any really good photographs of them. So would you? I don't remember you photographing them. No, I remember no. you going to shows, but I don't remember you ever shooting them. No, I don't think anybody cared enough. Sal, would you put this album in the in the punk rock canon? The all ending, all knowing uh, uh, symposium, most important thing of of punk albums ever. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say yes, just because hell, you asked me, and I'm going to say yes. <laughs> oh, thanks, Sal. Uh, Hambone, what are your thoughts? Uh, Have you ever seen the Queers? Yeah, yeah, you okay? I, I've definitely seen the Queers. I mean, they were they were in town probably more than most bands that were from town were playing in town at a certain point. Uh, I'm going to go with no. <laughs> I'm going to go with no, because if we're talking about influence, it's going to be Screeching Weasel over the queers. Hmm. I've, up until this exact moment, I would tell you that I've only actually met two real queers fans in my life, and one of those guys was Joe Queer himself, but now here we have Sal, <laughs> so I'm going to bump that number up to three. The other thing is that, like, you know, when I think about influence, I was, I was thinking about this the other day as I was driving uh, to Long Island for work. When you get in your buddy's car... And your buddy puts on their iPod and they put it on shuffle, or they put like the stations, like they put on like you know XM, you know satellite radio, Sirius satellite radio, and it comes on shuffle. Like you're gonna hear Screeching Weasel, you're gonna hear a lot of other bands from that era. No, you never hear the Queers. The Queers, no, no, no one ever listens to the Queers nostalgically at this point. Like people, like oh, I listen to the Misfits. People I know still listen to the Descendants constantly. People I know like still will go, like Weston. Like, the, like, until the cows come home, we still love Weston, but the queers never actually come up in... Con- I didn't even think of the queers up until you brought it up today, like, we're going to do it in the punk rock canon. So that is going to be a hard pass. Well, there you go with you that. Know, these are all very compelling arguments. I do not disagree with anything that you say, Mr. John McGuire. I think you like compelling uh, compelling arguments for that. I, I guess I'm taking it more on a personal level than, yeah. like, a total influence. So, yeah. Yeah. No, no, and it's fine. You can have your thoughts. Like, I always, Hamboda usually goes more for influence. I always go for gut feeling. In my case, this mm-hmm. is uh, this is my favorite Queers album. I do not ever really need to remember it ever again. I actually really like their live album that came out after this. That was a very good collection of their best hits. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think they even did a live album later on as well, after I think they left Lookout. I don't even know if the Queer stuff is available today. Oh, it, it is. It's all of, I, 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 looked, I looked it up on Apple Music today. 
every album that they've done, including like the most recent ones that came out in like 2017 are available. They have one record that is, I just want to say, came out of several years back, uh, Summer Songs or something like that, Volume 1, and it's all re-recordings of their songs from various different oh, okay. albums. Yeah, so I mean, they're still a very active band. I think they just put out a split in 2018 with uh, another band. I didn't listen to it because, you know. So I, I, oh, wow, I, yeah. I vote no, but uh, again, we're going to leave this up to you, the viewers. Uh, go ahead. I'll put this up on my <laughs> Facebook page. You guys can vote whether the Queers Love Songs belongs in the punk rock canon. Sal, thank you very much for joining us on the call today and for returning our call. We will have you on again when we talk about Screeching Weasel. I would love to, I'd love to talk, talk about them. But yeah, good to talk to you guys and let's talk to you soon. Take right, care. Take Bye-bye. care, man. So that was good. That was See, awesome. it worked out. I told you it, it worked totally well. It totally worked out. I love when a plan comes together. Call, call number two would have been Mike Dolan. He's yeah. the other person. They hate each other, though, so it's pretty funny. Like, it's <laughs> actually well known. <laughs> What's up with this airing of grievances episode? I'm having a week. You're having a week. I'm having a week, and I'm just taking it out. I mean, it's, I got nothing to do with why they hate each other, but it's just what it is. Um, but, it, but come on, it's just a known fact. Uh, not to them, it's not. <laughs> no, to them. Actually, probably most of them. Anybody who actually went to shows or hung out at uh, Eleven Robinson in, in Rutgers does know the story, the torrid story. There's like 12 people. Of Lucci and Dolan. Outside. It's great. It's a great who story. story? Uh, but if Mike calls back later, we're going to have to talk to him about Game of Thrones because he actually probably has opinions on okay. that. Since he was a book reader well before I was, he actually got right me on. into Game of Thrones. Also, would love to. we got to get him on and talk about the uh, – he went to the Beastie Boys book reading, Ooh. and it sounded like he did not have a good time. Oh, no. So we got to get him on one week, but he was in uh, the UK for a while, so I'm waiting for him to come back or reappear. Anyhow, uh, next thing we're going to talk about really quickly is uh, She-Ra. Is that she She-Ra, She-Ra season two just dropped on Netflix last Friday, and they only dropped seven episodes. And I think that's – interesting how netflix has been doing that lately so shira season one did gangbusters it's a great reimagining of shira very very heartfelt very very like good spirited season two is a little more of the same season two uh more expansion and growth on the characters you find out about more of the outside of like the main three or four characters backstories some very very cool stuff happening there however right as it starts to rev up and you start to, i mean i watched it in a day obviously you know how i do but right when it starts to rev up and it starts to go somewhere it kind of just stops it stops after seven episodes and it's not even a substantial enough cliffhanger that you're like fuck now I need to see the rest. I'm just kind of like, well, now I'm kind of annoyed because you kind of just stopped mid-story. Do you think they're going to drop uh, another another half season in like a couple months? That's that's what they've been doing lately. But I would would have rather them just wait and just drop the whole season in its entirety. So the problem is, and we've talked about this before, I think Netflix is or is a little challenged right now with the stickiness. Yeah. Because people will binge watch and then not go back. Yeah. And, and I, I think that's what they're trying to find is new ways to be sticky, especially with their more TV show type things. Yeah. When it's not a one shot deal. Um, I'm I, I, so I saw a couple episodes of the new Shiro season. I, I'm waiting for He-Man to show up. I will tell you one of the things that I think and, and I obviously I cannot prove this, but it just feels like they start talking about the multiverse. And it feels like if because they've been talking about doing a He-Man on Netflix again. Uh, he-man cartoon and doing it on netflix and this might be the season that we expand the world to get kind of like a backdoor pilot into he-man uh but i haven't really heard anything about it yet but they're setting it feels like they're setting up for it my complaint is just that the coolest part of he-man and she-ra more so well it's weird because the key man the bad guys in in she-ra were actually he-man toys right because you know girls can't play with boy toys 
But I always found the bad guys to be the coolest part. Yeah. And in this case, the Shira, they have Hordak, but for the most part, it's just Generico bad guys. Yeah, it's Generico bad and, guys. And I need the cool bad guys because they're as cool as the good guys. Well, I want to see Leech. I want to see Grizzlor. Yes. You and, know, uh, Mantena. Mantena. Yeah, I remember that shit. That, Come that's on. my complaint. It's almost the same reason. Yes. We've been recently rewatching with Gabe the um, uh, G.I. Joe. Uh, Re, re renegades renegades yep and the problem with that was i loved it and they had most of the guys we loved but the bad guys were cobra was largely generic and the and the vehicles were super generic okay the vehicles are super generic yeah joe the thing was with cobra bad guys they always had like as far as the toy goes the cobra mm. bad guys their troopers always had the best outfits and the best weapons and like really cool accessories but they never really showed up in the cartoons like you just got the job squad and then you got storm shadow no i was, completely agree I, yeah. I i just wish i just hope they have more of the bad guys in that's why i would like to see more of in shira i i hope they do some more episodes i love the fact that there's a good solid um show for for young ladies out there that yeah. hopefully i don't 40 my, year old dudes my gut though is that more 40 year old dudes are watching it then yeah. Than little girls. Yeah, I mean, I still have the, the little the little helmet at my house. I will say this: what's cool is that they are really fleshing out some of the characters, and you start to really flesh out the witch and more of Hordak. Now, Hordak still has not lifted a finger in the cartoon. However, they're building it up to the point where, when Hordak gets off the bench, she was gonna get her ass kicked, and it's gonna be awesome. Excellent segment, Hambone. Thank you. I just wanted. I might want to make sure we didn't forget about Shira. I know how Shira could needs She's a little awesome. bit of love too. I just started watching. I just started watching uh, Chernobyl. I hear that is bananas. It's really, really good. I mean, I've been like every time there's a documentary on. Oh, we're gonna go to Chernobyl just to like look around, and take photos, but we can only stand there for like an hour, or else we like get sick because the Doppler meter or whatever is is going crazy. Yeah, the Geiger counter's flipping I, out. I, I get a kick out of uh, abandoned home places and, and and ghost towns, things like that. Yeah. And Chernobyl's like the one. Very good. The acting's incredible. The biggest complaint I have about it, it's very strange, it must have been created by a UK studio because everyone is has British accents. Ah. So they didn't even bother to yeah. either do it in Russian or fake Russian accents or even do... I would have been fine with subtitles, these guys are straight up like Irish, Scottish, English yeah, accents. Yeah, that kind of bothers me. Yeah. Because I would say I actually started watching Killing Eve because our friend Ian Gonzalez was talking about how good it was. So I put it on. One of the things that I love about it, it takes place in Europe. Um, Eve is working for MI6 and she's going after a assassin who is like French-Russian uh, in Paris and wackiness ensues. The thing I appreciate it is Eve is American and they were just like, yeah, she's like, I, I used to live here. Then I moved to Connecticut, and now I moved back. It's like, okay, so you just, in like two sentences, explain why this person has an American accent and why it's okay to have an American accent. And I think that's kind of missing from a lot of TV programs where, you know, you're using largely English actors or British actors. Uh, but instead of maybe going with someone with more of an authentic voice to kind of give you that more immersion into the story like the whole time you're just like oh shit everyone's got a british accent this is russia in the 80s like there's no british people there what uh what are first of all have you seen dark yet yeah I'm waiting you for did two. see dark oh, okay yeah. i wanted to make sure you because i'm prepping i'm rewatching the first yeah. season because it was just too insane to remember every little nuance it was such a strange it was show. Very strange. it was like stranger things done even better it, in german yeah in german and i actually watched it uh with the english dub because i wasn't fucking around i didn't even know they had the option oh yeah i i'm watching I it now around. i just want to make sure we're ready because in like a, a week or two no i think the first week Ooh, mike dolan's coming all right let's put him on we're between segments anyway Hold on, let's just fire it up. Michael Dolan, how are you today? I'm good, man. How you doing? Good. Are you busy? We're on my tie happy hour. We had a question for you. 
<laughs> I am I'm never too busy for my time. Well, you missed a segment on the queers, uh, so we're gonna go ahead. We 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 better actually find Sal Lucia to do that. We, we for, first really quickly, would you put love songs in the punk rock canon? Absolutely not. <laughs> Thank you, Mike Dolan. There's, my man, Mike Dolan. I mean, as much I mean, I think George can vouch for me. As much as I was a massive fan of the queers, I mean, I probably saw them forty times. Went to every time they came to New York. Saw them in Philly. Loved them at the time. If I listen to them now, I think they are absolutely unlistenable. <laughs> I hate to say. I told you, Sal and Mike would be on the complete polar opposites in every regard. Yeah. But uh, we, we, uh, I wanted to find out a little more about you. got to see the, uh, you went to the BC Boys. Um, I don't know whether it was spoken word or just their book premiere. Is that true? I did go. It was, it was essentially a combination of spoken word and then video and audio clips. And it was directed by Spike Jones. Essentially, they were filming it for a TV special to be released at some later date. So it was all those things, but through the lens of it being filmed for some kind of special. Was it good? It was pretty cool. Um, I got to say, if you're, if you're a fan of the Beastie Boys, it was definitely... Um, it was really good to kind of hear them tell their story in their own way. If you read the book, it was almost identical to the same track the book follows so it's a lot of like pretty entertaining first person stuff um from the band so it's good so i'm going through the i'm listening to the audiobook reason why i call it so i am going through the audiobook right now and it's uh it's a little jarring because they have a lot of their celebrity friends like from Chloe Savigny to uh, the guy from uh, Boardwalk Empire, whose name I'm Michael Nucky- Shannon. No, no, Nucky Thompson. I'm blanking on his real name though. Uh, Steve Buscemi. I don't know Steve why. Buscemi. I don't know why I remembered his fake name and not his real name. Like a steel trap. But but it's it's constant uh, people like celebrities, musicians, stuff doing the parts. It gets a little weird when they have women doing it because you can't remember which member of the band is. Right. It just gets a little odd. And you're like, are they doing Kate, the original uh, bass player, whoever she was, drummer? I'm the not sure. The gal who went to uh, Lush Jackson. That's who it was. Yeah. I don't know, I'm not familiar with Lester Jackson, but I was. I find the audiobook a little bit jarring when they're switching, constantly switching narrators. Right. So you don't know whose voice, if, unless you remember ADD Jones over here. It, it's difficult. Yeah. Uh, did you have fun in the UK, Mike? I did. I had a great time in the UK. I got to see uh, John Mayall play at Ronnie Scott's. If you're ever in London, you want to go to one of the coolest uh, jazz and blues clubs. Highly recommend Ronnie Scott's. Nice. So, so we're going to let you go this week. We will try to call you in next Tuesday if you're around. We are probably going to do our full one-hour episode just on Game of Thrones. And I would just add one point about your earlier point. If the queers are in the punk rock canon. I was just talking with one of our mutual friends the other day about this. Whereas I think at the time, everyone loved that. Unlistenable now. But if you go back and listen to the Vindictives, I actually think not only do they hold up, they sound better than they did when they first came out. Like Those records aged really, really well. So right. my, my food for thought for the evening. All right. Thank you very much, Mike. Again, we'll try to get you on the phone next. We're trying to get a big panel here for Game of Thrones. Does that sound good? I'm game. Right. Yep. Always up to talk to you guys. Take care, Thanks, Mike. Thanks, man. Bye-bye. Have- yeah, Adam Bird definitely wants to come on for Game of yeah, Thrones. Yeah, call him. We'll probably get gold for up here, too. Nice. We'll probably do four people on the couch. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and then we will call Mike. And maybe we got to get a woman on it, too, though. Do we have any female friends that actually like the show? Yeah, I think we do. That we put on here that are passionate. They're well, I'll see who I can find. A few days to figure it out. Uh, I don't actually want to talk about 
the wrestling thing yeah, anymore. Yeah, fuck it. Let's talk about Game of Thrones. We'll, uh, we'll figure out how that could fit. We saw the, if you haven't, check it out on the network, on the WWE Network. It just dropped this week. There is a half-hour, 25-minute documentary and match, the lost famous match between Bret Hart and Tom McGee, who Tom McGee was supposed to be the next Hulk Hogan, but it turns but out told him that. that the great match he had was because Bret Hart made him look good. He's the best there is, the best there this was, the, the most, best there ever will this be. This is supposed to be the most famous lost match ever. It's actually very interesting. Uh, pulling on from last week's Dark Side of the Ring, it looks like everybody's trying to grasp at these little like nuggets of, of different in the wrestling world. Well, it's interesting because at this point, everyone is seen behind the curtain and everyone has seen literally everything. Like you cannot throw a stone on the internet without stumbling upon some kind of wrestling that you heard was legendary that maybe no one ever saw unless you were a tape trader back in the day. And this was the only thing that really no one had ever seen. And of course, WWE with their production, uh, Giancarlo D'Amato, who was the guy who was doing all the GCW vignettes, now works for the WWE, did a fantastic job putting this thing together on pretty much short notice because they were just talking about it like three weeks ago and it aired yesterday. I think we're going to do, we're going to, next oh, next week's Game of Thrones, I guess we're not doing an AEW episode because next week's Game of Thrones. I think we need a whole hour for Game of Thrones. I think we do. Maybe we'll talk after the fact about AEW because they're now going to be a real, possibly tonight they're announcing that they're a real network yeah. show. So we'll see what happens with that. Check out the Tom McGay, I think it's called the Holy Grail. It's called the it's Holy It's really Grail. interesting. I guess there really isn't too much we can talk about other than it's, very cool, and they clearly ripped off a Starcast who was going to do a big thing on it. Yeah, and uh, that that you know this we uh, th- we will definitely talk about AEW, the new wrestling federation that's launching to go up against WWE very soon. I think that deserves a segment. But right now, we really need to talk Game of Thrones this episode. I can't believe you didn't like it. I didn't like it after the shit shit mess they did the week before. Oh, I, yeah, I didn't think they could fuck it up any worse than that. They I did. disagree. So I, I I really just want to get my point across very quickly because I'm more important. Uh, I <laughs> sure. I thought this episode. Look, I've read the books. Yes, you have. And I guess I and it, I could be wrong because I I've always been an advocate, not advocate. What's the opposite of advocate? I've been very aggressively against the last two seasons of Game of Thrones and how they've taken the pace and fucked it up and gone too fast. It seems like they literally took the cliff notes that George R. R. Martin gave them and didn't know how to patch it together into a cohesive story. Yeah. So they're really just taking his greatest hits and doing it with no storytelling between the two. I've had a lot of complaints about that. It's been very vocal about mm-hmm. it. However, the one thing I did feel they've done a decent job from the whole show is showing Danny possibly if she does not have the proper handlers and the proper people behind her, strong people behind her guiding her, she could very well end up as mad as her uh, father. Father, father, mm-hmm. and that's and that's why I think this did lend itself when she finally saw the red key. She snapped. She's like, "These are not the people who love me. These are the people who turned against my father. These are the people that supported the people who, who t- killed my father." You know, to her, this is just like. The summation of all this. This is, I think of Daenerys Targaryen. Daenerys Targaryen. It's rough week, rough week. I see her as um, a Britney Spears almost. A child star. Oh, wow. A child star who didn't, was never educated, never really had a good family back, was thrust into the limelight, the stardom, after being beaten and tortured and had a horrible childhood, she then has to like come up and lead and be someone important. And I just feel she never had the like cohesive background and upbringing to make her a great leader. So you're saying that the burning of King's Landing is Britney's 2007. I think so. I think that's a very good... I think it's fair. I think that's 100% fair. I think it's fair. I am not mad 
in any way, shape, or form that Daenerys burned the entire city to the ground. They've been saying since the beginning. And she said it herself, I'm going to take back King's Landing with blood and fire. Like, direct quotes. I'm not mad about that at all. I'm going to walk something back that I had said in previous episodes. Which episode? I don't know. We're over 100 at this point. Well. Well over 100. Because uh, I, back in a previous episode, know I said, well, you know, it's not a big deal that they kind of fast travel a little bit. They kind of have to do that. Blah, blah, blah. Whatever I said. It was stupid. I was wrong. Because they should have never given these motherfuckers fast travel. Because that really ruined the show. Because as I'm watching this season, now, last week's episode was utter dog shit. This week's episode, there are things that happened in this week's episode that did not benefit from the lack of those great conversations and character development that we got used to and caused us to fall in love with Game of Thrones in the first place. There was a, I mean, granted, yes. Ultimately, Daenerys did what Daenerys was supposed to do, and I'm here for it, man. That dragon Which burned. is the point, I believe, George George R. R. Martin probably gave them. Yeah. They just didn't do anything to build. They did. There was there was no chance to build. And I don't even care. Look, Daenerys is the large port, is, is the, the, the highest point of this. I'm talking about just even little things like Tyrion Lannister. When the fuck did he give a shit about people? People to the level of like, oh my God, we must save the city. When is he giving a shit about any city? And unquote, uh, to sell out his friend Varys. Starting off, starting off right off the bat, he like sells out. To, he's like, he suddenly cares about everybody. He suddenly care. He suddenly cares about everything, and not just himself. Weird flex, bro. But okay, where did that come from? I don't know. However, then he goes and sells out his buddy, and his buddy was like, hey, I'm not uh, granted. All his talk about needing a cock to be king was bullshit. Nonetheless, the writers of the show hate women. That's neither here nor there. I disagree. I fully, I, I would argue that. But anyway, like, it's just, he sold out his buddy. To be fair, I think George R. R. Martin might hate women more than 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 the writers. It's I a little column. They are, they are following the, the storyline given to them. Either way, big change with that. Okay, cool. Out of nowhere. So then you have Jake. I get the button. And then I hit that button. Well, and then I hit that button again. I don't know why I keep hitting the button. Uh, so Jamie Lannister. Fuck on me. Jamie Lannister know how to put the fuck on me. So Jamie Lannister, uh, another another one, because, you know, granted there was no redeeming him. He, like, raped his sister, pushed a kid out of a window, the whole nine. He's a bad person. Nonetheless, his character was going somewhere. He's like, no, nah, I'm going to go back and be with my sister. Cool. On top of that, my other problem with it was suddenly Arya, who was, like, riding in earlier in the episode, I'm... I'm gonna go kill Cersei, and everyone's like, "All right, cool. You just killed the, you just killed the, the Night King. So, good for you." And then she gets there. She gets to the bottom of the stairs, and she's like, "No, I, I don't want to do this anymore." So, like, when the fuck did that happen? When did you grow a conscience? You killed literally everybody. So, I got to talk a little bit about the the everybody. I, I got to talk a little bit about the the cinematography. Mm-hmm. Absolutely incredible this episode. Great. Unlike, like, where was this battle of Winterfell? Like, you can see. Everything. Did did it strike you at all that Arya just looked just like her father? Yes, like exactly the same hair. The same. Yeah. Now, she looked a little more like the young uh, Eddard Stark that they showed uh, two seasons ago, mm-hmm. but she also looked a lot, just a lot like her dad. It was very amazing. I loved the 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 you know the stuff of the dragon flying around, burning everybody, and them running. I was blown away by the behold a pale horse, the the death, the horse right there. That like, was cool. The, that was that definitely was awesome. Cool. That was awesome. 
Uh, I understand why. Like, she listened to The Mountain. I actually liked her in The Mountain Discuss. I thought it was better than fucking Brianna Tarf, the strongest knight in the world, just, like, wimping out because her love of her life was leaving her. I would have broke his dick off. That was way worse than, than Arya in The Mountain, uh, other than The Hound. And The Hound in The Mountain's battle sequence was pretty fucking awesome. No, it wasn't. You didn't like that? No, I didn't. Why? Because I was waiting for a hoss fight. I was waiting for a Highlander level motherfucking brawl for all. And you get parts of it and they keep pulling away. But the mountain is a fucking zombie. No, that's fine though. It's fine. There should have been a straight you couldn't get emotionally invested in the battle because they kept pulling away. And then they come back, he's like couple hits, couple hits, and then they pull away. And then a couple hits, couple hits. Like by the time he pushed them through the wall into the fire, which was awesome, I kind of didn't care because I was deprived my Highlander level hoss fight. You wanted a they live back alley brawl. Yes. They built it up to be a they live back alley brawl and they did not deliver on that. I think they did. I think you're overdoing it a no, little bit. I am certainly I am, not. I'm a little bothered by the fact that dragons, as powerful as their fire, could be just blowing through like buildings okay. like it's... I enjoyed watching the city burn, but that was a Godzilla atomic exactly. breath level shit. Like, literally, slicing like slicing the walls of the castle like it was a sliced turkey in a deli. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? When did, where was that last week when you were flying over those ships and your brother got killed? To be fair, his brother had just fought a horrible battle to the point of he was, he probably didn't recover because Daenerys didn't know to stop and let people catch their breath. Well, how would you know at that point? They fast travel everywhere. Like the writers, the fast traveling is like, look, I have been very vocally against this, but in the knowing that this is where we're at and this is what we're forced into and this fast traveling and this fast living and this fast dragon stuff is the way it is, I can't be shot. It's not going to change now. There's one episode left. Oh, it's, it doesn't matter if it's not going to change or not. I just did not enjoy it and think it was very well done. You I, didn't like this episode at all. I, I like parts of it. I didn't. What like, did you like? I liked the dragon burning the town to the ground. I liked the pale horse at the end. That was about it. That that was that was the, like the whole part of the episode. I was like, cool. And every time I was about to be like, oh, this is cool. I got nothing. I liked seeing the green the green gas smoke exploding in the town when it was on fire. The cinematography was fantastic in it. But then you get to the point where like after everything, Jamie Lannister and his sister and some Nicholas Sparks ass bullshit getting buried under rubble. After all this, they die together under rubble. Like, well, come on, man. Do you think that's that's the, some bullshit? Do you think the rumors are true? And like five seconds after the end of next week's episode, Amazon's gonna drop the new George R. R. Martin book. I don't know. They're they're doing a real hard spin on denying that it exists. And George R. R. Martin's come out himself and said the next two books aren't done. Why would uh, they make millions of dollars off me? I make millions of dollars when they get released. Why would we not release them? Why would HBO tell us not to? I think it's a work. I'm I am I'm gonna put like ten dollars down saying George R. R. Martin's gonna drop that next book. I don't even think... though I said in the past there's no fucking way he's gonna end these books. But maybe I don't think it's gonna be. I don't think he's got both books written. I think that some people have said that. I don't buy that. But I think it's very possible that he'll drop the next book. Yeah. Because by this point, I'm sorry, you have to have written it. And, uh, you know, at this point, I, we need we need these books, George. We need the books. We need the books. I'm like, not going to read we, them. Really, but I'm, he's going to tell really me all about them. it. Audible is a that. great thing. Yeah, but I'm not going to read. I'm not going. After after this, after these last couple episodes, I'm just kind of like, ah, fuck Plus, off, the narrator is very, very good. Yeah. You aren't expecting a happy ending, right? No. Like, they never said. They no. always said it was going to be a very, very dark ending. No, not at all. I'm not expecting a kumbaya handhold. We made friends forever at summer camp ending. I just was expecting a little bit. A little bit more 
out of out of what we got, which is nothing. You well, we're gonna agree. To gr- we're gonna agree to disagree. I did love it. Do you? Uh, what is your? So, what is your predicted ending now? My predicted ending is something that I predicted earlier. It's that uh, Daenerys is going to die badly and bloody. She does sit upon the Iron Throne, but it's not going to be for long. It is probably going to be Sansa or Sansa and Tyrion. Some combination of the two, one or the other, uh, are going to end up being the uh, the person upon the Iron Throne. So yeah, my two are my my exactly what you said. I see I see Danny or John killing one and then the other. Yeah, and then I see. Uh, I see Danny killing John and then Arya killing Danny. Arya needs one more good kill. Thank you. And, and that's all I'm talking and about. And then I see Tyrion and Sansa taking the Iron Throne together. Yeah. If John lives, John fucks off back north to rebuild the exactly. wall. Exactly. He that's goes come he's the Stark in Winterfell, he's the just, brooding he's just gonna go, brooding dad figure. Gonna go dick off. I did see a great uh, great meme today where uh, this season they're like John John Snow, the highest paid extra in Hollywood because he hasn't fucking done anything or said any lines. That's really. actually pretty funny. I I also think so. You know how in video games like Fallout, there's like the good ending, the bad ending, the really fucked up ending. Yeah, my fucked up ending is I I see uh, Daenerys just like fucking go nuts, killing everybody, and just sitting on uh, the Iron Throne alone with nobody else. My 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 one issue with them actually successfully killing Daenerys is that she still has a fucking dragon, and and half her army left. Like uh, we think we don't even know what kind of army she has. I was actually watching like, hey, there's Dothraki still alive. Where'd they come from? Where'd they come from? They're all dead. I don't know. Again, I thought this episode was significantly better than the week before. I enjoyed it. I have been beaten so beaten down so much that I'm just taking it any way I can. And I thought this was fine, knowing what I'm in for. I expect the final episode to be fine. George, finish the books. Finish the books is all we have. This is our canon. Finish the fucking books. It'd be pretty intense though if he drops a book on Amazon the day after the show ends. I'm so waiting for it. Hambone, how can the kids reach you? You can find me on Twitter at Hambreaker. I tweet about professional wrestling, Dungeons and Dragons, and cute animals. I've been seeing some real winners lately. Really excited about that. You can also find me on Instagram where I do most of my social media at John Hambone McGuire. It's pictures of the podcasts I produce and the adventures I go on, which are more now because it's spring and I'm leaving the house. I do not believe this. He does not have my John Wick ticket yet. It's not, it's not out yet. It comes out this weekend. I thought it came out last weekend, but yes, it's coming out this weekend, and we're going to go see John Wick. Oh, we better. We better. Though, I guess we can't. It doesn't matter because next week's Game of Thrones. So the week after, we have to see by then. We, we have, have to two see, weeks John to see John Wick. And I, see, I need to see Detective Pikachu as well. <sighs> Detective Pikachu. Okay. All right. I love it. It looks adorable. It looks you adorable. Know I like it cute little things. Too. Okay. You can reach me at GLK Creative on uh, Instagram and on Twitter, where I'm posting all my favorite uh, punk rock photos from many, many years. And tweeting about phones. You know, you know, we launched the uh, Samsung Galaxy S10 5G on Thursday. I'm going to be in Chicago. Woo! Come find me if you're there. I'll be at the flagship show at store all day. Anyway, you can also find me at cultofgeorge.com where I'm building that out very, very slowly. Very nicely. But I'm trying. I'm trying. trying. Rate, review, and subscribe. Don't leave any one stars. If we find you, we'll find you. Come on, bro. I better say nothing at all. I take that very personally. Give you a size 8 poop shoot. You'll never walk straight again. George. I don't know. I just yeah, felt like saying it. One of those days. I've got a hemorrhoid, by the way. Did I tell you about my hemorrhoid? No. It's weird. It's bloody. Oh, strange. George. It's bright. It's bright and bloody. I don't know what to do. I've been standing at work. Anyway, Hambone, rate, review, and survive. Survive. Rate, here, review, and subscribe. <laughs> Hambone, I might dress up next week. Fuck it. Why not? Take us out, Hambone. Everybody remember. Be nice. 
Aloha.